0: This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema.
1: And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me, as usual, are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello, This week we have 4 main reviews, we're going to kick off with Dangerous Waters, then we have The Price We Pay, Eight Found Dead, and The Devil Went Down to Islington. Our short shot is Dead Enders, and we're going to wind up with our DTV throwback, Full Eclipse. Now before, usually, this is the point where I say, without further ado, let's crack on, But this is our two hundred and fiftieth episode, guys. Uh, we've been doing this for quite a while. You think we'd get better at it, but no. Um, but we've watched <laughs> we've watched a shit ton of films as a result of um, doing this podcast. Um, I, I've sort of been scrolling through sort of some of the things we, we we've watched. Um, I think the director, you know, uh, the, the, one of the most. Um, Consistent directors we've covered and prolific is um Jesse Johnson, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, his work has always been sort of pretty stellar. Is action stuff the only one I'm, I'm not entirely convinced on was um, was it White Elephant, with Mike Ro- Michael Michael, yep, yep. and um, Bruce Willis, uh, yeah, that that one wasn't too good, but um, other than that i think his is um, have has been great and of course we've got his his latest film to review on our next episode um the, the bodicea one or B- bodica uh, so looking forward to that um other yeah, directors be a big, yeah. yeah other director well um, another star who we really should be seeing more of is um jean paul mm mm-hmm. mhm um, yeah he, we covered
2: night shooters, didn't we, way back when? Yep,
0: yeah, night shooters, jailbreak. Uh, the prey mm. is is another one that he uh, well he wasn't involved in that one, um, but it was from the same director as jailbreak, um, Jimmy Henderson. And um, his short
2: films, uh, speed dating, and and such. We've, oh, he's great. Yeah, as speed well, dating yeah.
0: was brilliant. Yeah, um, and it was really nice to meet the um, the, the the female star of that um, at Fright Fest That, that was. Uh, a
2: nice A fighting
0: spirit film festival. Yeah, yes. I said fright fest, didn't I? <laughs> Bloody <laughs> hell. Okay. Um, so other thing, you know, other, other directors that sort of uh, jumped out: uh, Coralie Far- uh, Farget, um who did uh, *Revenge*; mm-hmm. um, Ted Gagan who did *Mohawk*, and uh, we are still here. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen *Brooklyn 45* yet. It's on. Um, it's on Shudder. That's, that's another good one from him.
2: No, that's the Larry Fessenden one, isn't it? It is, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah Larry Fessenden yeah, is in *We Are Still Here* as well. Um,
1: yeah,
0: uh, we've had um, Scott Mann doing *Final Score* with Dave Batista, and um, *Heist* with Dave Batista again, and um, uh, Robert De Niro was in that one as well, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, more recently he's been uh, sort of graduating to bigger projects with uh, not necessarily bigger, but on the, you know films that are being shown on the big screen with uh, mm. four. Uh, yeah, pretty, 4 but... was a
0: good sort of high-concept film for him, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, episode 90 was a standout because that was our Egyptian special. Who who would have thought that we'd uh, dig up three decent films from um, Egypt with uh, No Surrender, Detention Letter, and The Cell? That was um, yeah. rather decent. And we've covered um,
2: stuff from all around the world. as Oh, we've been going to be, of Long, you know, full-length features and shorts. I mean, in our last... Uh, Short Shots episode, which is the episode published just before this one, mm. you know, we were talking about action films from Uganda,
1: Uganda and, 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 and so stuff. That was, I mean, yeah. some really that good some interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah
0: Absolutely. Um, so, uh, I think the stand-up performance, we have to give to Kelsey Grammer for uh, Money Plane and uh, <laughs> Gu- Guardian to the Tomb. Um, that, that was an absolute highlight. Um, I think the Nadir has been just about every Bruce Willis film we've had to cover. Um, obviously, we know why, you, you know, but even so, we've had to, we still had to watch them. Um, uh, MJ Bassett with Rogue, that that was a good one, with, um, oh, oh, what's her face? Megan Fox. Megan Fox, you know, re- re- reinventing stuff. I haven't seen The Expendables yep. 4 yet, but um, I- I've heard it's not great, but I do want to see it for... Uh, for Megan Fox, you know, mainly because she does seem to be sort of reinventing herself. As, as know, it's weird, there. they do
2: they do a really weird thing. With, they the introduction of her character is just terrible, and right. then they try to sort of backtrack on it and say like, oh no, she's a, a, you know, they try to. Well, as the, anyway, I'm not going to spoil it, but basically, <laughs> she's they introduce her as like the, the really shrill girlfriend kind of character, right? Yeah, and then they try and go, oh no, she's actually this sort of heart of snails kind of assassin character who's going of. You know, be a really great asset to the team, but it's like, but mm. but what you guys did at the start, anyway? Right, <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll it's like it some yeah. some weird stuff going on there. But um, yeah, I mean, we what's what's interesting is in the in the you know world DTV or whatever, we see people like Megan Fox trying to do different kind of roles, and you know, some of them, you know, it's like whether it's comedians doing serious roles, which we see quite a lot in obviously in mainstream, you know, big bigger budget movies and stuff as well. But we see um people just trying trying different stuff. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And, uh, you know, like, for example, uh, John Travolta in Gotti, you know, that got a lot yeah, of flack.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, you know, so some of the other or, We did a, a, a John Travolta well, special, didn't we? And we, did, we actually liked what, what, what his one? stuff. You yeah. know.
0: What, was, what was the other one he did, which he really got riot, ridiculed for? Uh, well,
2: it was the Fanatic. Uh, fanatic. The
0: fanatic, that was the fanatic. The one I was thinking of, yeah. Uh, Fred yeah.
2: Durst's film. And, uh, yeah, and... Uh, you know, we've we you know the uh, the kind of stuff we've covered from, uh you know independent stuff and a lot of horror. You know we've seen you know we've seen the like the really hilariously bad sort of stuff like Code, of, C- Code Code of cocaine. And, uh
0: Diamond Cartel,
2: uh, Fight of Fury. That, that'll always stick in my mind. Yeah. That one. The um uh yeah Black Diamond Cartel. Uh, but you know very entertaining in in their own rights as well. Um, but then you have got the higher end sort of stuff that's sort of a bit more um uh. I don't know it sort of falls into that more elevated kind of car- category of so, you know stuff like sea fever which is um you know very using very much familiar sort of horror you know horror conventions yeah. and stuff but is is you know made to a you know uh, doing a doing something a bit different more like um well I've, so I've talked about Larry Fessenden's the, the Last Winter and stuff like that films that are just they're sort of straddling a line. They're being like creature featuring kind of movies, but then they're also quite thought provoking and, and stuff like that. So it's always quite interesting to see films like that emerging. And we also have the opportunity to see, like say uh, stuff from around the world. We've watched, um, you know, stuff from, from several countries. It'd be really interesting to go for it. I mean, Skyfire from China was really, yeah, yeah. was really yeah. entertaining. That was a good quality one. And, um, then we've seen, uh, I think like, uh, like the Plagues of Breslau from uh, from Poland. Yep, uh, our, our, our the, interesting. Uh, interesting director that one, uh, Patrick Vega. He makes a lot of his stuffs like really uh, um, gross, really quite. Um, he, he sort of lingers on the grotesque and mm-hmm. stuff. But um, uh, Plagues of Breslau does do a bit of that, but it's a much more sort of accessible uh, serial killer kind of movie, which uh, which uh, I thought was quite quite a br- uh, quite a breezy, you know, if mm-hmm. grizzly. Watch and uh, yeah, that was that was cool. That turned up on Netflix because we say we watch stuff from all over the place, don't we? We will see stuff, yeah, absolutely. We've got, the, we've got the screeners, we've got stuff that we find on YouTube, like whether that's like Cyborg Deadly Machine or Commando Ninja, uh, the Never Hike in the Snow, uh, and, and you know, Never Hike Alone, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and then say the uh, um, uh, the other stuff that we just uh, you know track down and the short films, of course, and the throw our throwback feature, which we throwbacks. introduced. Um, yeah. I think way back when, in uh, and I was, what, when did we start doing that? God, that must have been 2019, 2020, something like yeah. that.
0: It's, um, it's when we when we sort of switch. We, we, we used to be with uh, you know, you hosted on um, SoundCloud and we switched over mm-hmm. to Podbean, and I think mm-hmm. that's when we sort of decided to have a bit of a, a sea change with the um, the format basically. Because if you mm-hmm. remember, we we used to these episodes used to be like three hours long and it was like an hour hour of actual reviews and two hours of us sort of going through every film which had been released that week.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yes, of course. You know, I forgot. I remember we used to do the chart quite regularly and yeah, talk through the what, what were the that's right. What the, yeah. Which now we've kind of relegated as just a just a little feature that we put onto the, the social media. But that's the sick. um but yeah, we used to talk about all the new releases, didn't we? New releases, about
0: and the trailers as well. It was very <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then
2: as the, as time goes by, you know, re, you re, you know re- revisit, refine the the yeah. format, and you know, here we are now with our stand, you know, review section, short yeah. shot, and the throwback. Who knows? That might change in the future. We yeah, might sort right. of introduce other things and that. But yeah, I think you know we found a good uh, good structure here. I think that sort of works for us all and gives yeah. the show um, some diversity that we hope uh, you guys listening uh, have been enjoying uh, across uh, however many of the episodes that you've been with us.
0: I want to mention two other directors, um, quite quite dear to our hearts. What, one one yeah. is Steve Lawson, of course. Yes, of
2: course. I knew no, was... you have to come up,
3: doesn't it?
0: That's no, really? so what I was going to bring up. Yeah, yeah. Mean, he's obviously the most he's got to be the
3: most prolific, I'd say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the other one is uh, another homegrown um, director is Charlie Steeds, who mm-hmm. did, um, well, did loads of things like Winter Skin, uh, Freeze, which which I really enjoyed. Uh, Werewolf Castle, which which we covered. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: That's the only one I've seen of his so far. But oh, I do intend to see more. I mean, yeah. he's got that, uh, the the one he's got coming out next, or the, you know, the one he's just finished mm. producing. I can't remember what it's called, but it looks really interesting. Um, very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, I think okay. it's like set in like an icy icy location. Or
0: oh, that's freeze. Yeah. So, yeah, you can get you can get that on. Um, oh,
2: the, of, is it that uh, one or is Amazon?
0: It's it's got um it's it's got four coming up. I oh, know you're right. Yeah, it's one called Ar- Arctic's Edge. Uh,
2: that might be the one. I'm th- I think that might be the one I'm thinking of. But, yeah. uh...
0: he's got four films in, in you know, mm-hmm. either in post or pre-production at the moment,
1: mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: his, a recent one was The Haunting of the Tower of London, which I haven't seen yet. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Death Ranch. That was another really good one. Um, Winter Skin. Yeah, he, he's um, he's come up up some really good stuff. You know, he, he, lots of practical effects. Uh, very well written scripts, as well. I always always look forward to sort of catching his films, um, but and Steve Lawson as well. You know, he's he's um, honed his skills of a uh, sort of praising, You know, literary works down to a few scenes. You know, which he can sort of um, afford to to pull off. Uh, and, um, yeah, he does some really, really well. Yeah. The, you know, they, the um, the the Dracula one he did recently. Uh, we we all. Thoroughly enjoyed that one. So yeah, that yeah, Ripper
2: that was, was is a particular
0: yeah, uh, one yeah. I've enjoyed. I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the high, high point. But even so, also yeah, you're
3: looking forward to. them. Also, the the one I'd really like to mention from my time coming on is uh, Antrim, the deadliest film ever made. I think still think that oh yeah Antrim.
1: yeah as one of the best ones that I've seen. I have to agree. Yeah, that's silly
2: because I skipped that one because I was a bit anxious about. It. I was because of the, when, sometimes when they, these films get hyped up a certain way, I'm like, it's like there's um, I can't remember what it was recently, but there's a film i would like, oh, I'm really, I'm oh, that was it, the Evil Dead, the new Evil Dead film, and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if I can, you know, well, from what I hear about, it, and then I think, but well, I go and watch the Saw films. It's surely not going to be any worse than that. It, it really like, is. But, so. again, yeah. but but you hear something, you know, some sort of hype gets into the. Yeah. Your head or whatever, and it sort of puts it's, me off. Sometimes. It's,
0: it's yeah. only the cheese grater on the leg bit that's really, yeah, really sort squirmy funny. bit. Really, the, the rest yeah. of it there's there's more sort of surprising nods to the actual Bruce Campbell films than you'd expect. Mm. Uh, I was quite surprised. But uh, anyway, we, we digress. digressed. Um, digress. Yeah, um, you know, we, we've as you say, we've covered covered loads of stuff, um, literally. Uh, Usually anything that's Korean I, I, I'm, I'm totally on board with so, so there's no point in mentioning them um, really but uh, f- French films the um, you know they've done loads of sort of police procedurals and that sort of thing all, all very good there's uh, so a um, Netherlands director we've covered um, one, called Thies Moïse, oh, that's horrible who did the oh, um, Molly. Yeah, Molly and uh, Kill Mode. Yes, which is the yeah well, the sequel. Yeah,
2: and uh, and and held up held up sock. I think I'm probably really mispronouncing that, but that was a short film uh, yes. that he did, which was really good as well. That was really um, good. Yeah, so, uh, another um, director I'm quite interested. Always interested to see what what he's up to. But I'd be really interested to see what he does next. Um, I do follow him on Twitter and, and stuff like that, so sort of try and keep an eye up. Um, but yeah, we've done you know. Um do you remember that there was the werewolves within film? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. that, um, that
2: was re- that was really good. That was from our um our friends over at Signature, I think. Yeah uh, uh, sent us a screener for that one. That was really that was fun, that was very entertaining. Really that was one of the highlights Never. I think. Right, I and mean,
3: that was my film of the year that year as well.
2: Mm.
0: And there was what was the other there was um there was another werewolf film that came out around about the same time
3: um the haunting wolf,
0: moon, wolf well, of ho- wolf that's... of ho- the the, the ho- oh, something hollow. of wolf hollow yeah uh, that was, was jim oh, jim
2: cummings film oh,
0: yeah. yeah that was that was pretty decent as well mm. but yeah lots of good stuff um yeah there's been a lot of crap you know as well we had to put up with what was that film? Pursuit, the one with um. Yeah, that's. Uh, the, Emile Hirsch. Emile Hirsch well, enough, will be coming up later. I, I, I will be mentioning this film again yeah. later, but like that, for me that was the Nadir. You know, that really was. You know.
1: That was... Oh no! What was
3: what was the one with the, the model who wrote, directed it, and
0: oh yeah yeah oh, that
3: was the
1: serpent. The
3: serpent. Oh, that was awful.
0: It was, but at least it was fun. That's the problem. You know, oh. it, was it was awful, but fun.
2: You know, yeah, um, I was thinking about that one recently. I've got, shoot. I want to give that another watch, to, just to sort of, because I, I was quite, you know, it was like I had expectations, a certain yeah. it, expectations of it, and I was like, I'll go back and watch it and see if I can watch it in a sort of so bad it's good kind of way and see if I enjoy it uh, a bit more this time around because uh, it was a bit all over the place as you would expect for a film, you know, by a first-time filmmaker who's trying to. Wear so many hats, <laughs> so but uh, can't fault them to their ambition, you know, trying to do that. So, uh, so we'll give them, we'll, we'll give them that. Um, mm. Better than pursuit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> better than pursuit. Oh, no. yeah, that that is such a low bar to <laughs> to, to cross. <laughs> anyway, I think we shall um, crack on with some reviews. Our first review, then, is Dangerous Waters. A sailing holiday spirals out of control when a teenage daughter uncovers the dark past of a mother's new boyfriend. I wasn't on board to begin with with this one. I thought this was going to be, you know, a single location sort of uh, psychological thriller, like, you know, but actually this... After the first sort of 20 minutes or so, this really opens up. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it really surprised me, actually. Um, possibly shouldn't have, had, because it was directed by the same guy who did... Was it Blood and Money? The one with... Blood the, and Money yeah, with Tom Berenger. Uh, yeah. Tom Berenger, yeah, exactly. So, very safe fair of hands. This is a lot more expansive than, than that film was. It um, yeah, makes great use of locations um you know we get some decent action as as the film goes on the good, interesting sort of cat and mouse stuff going on between the protagonist and um you know the, her tormentor it is pretty decent overall i really did like it my only real criticism is the way it starts because it it's not exactly in media res it's a framing device where it starts with her being interviewed or or waiting to be interviewed by the police after the events of everything that's happened in the film. Towards the end of the film, we get a really good, tense standoff between her and her tormentor. And, you know, up to a point, it could go either way because she's only a little thing. You know, and these guys are sort of big, burly brutes. And it's like... Well, this, this could be a really sort of dour ending. Oh, wait a minute. No, because they showed us that she survives the bloody film right at the start. So it it, <laughs> it takes away some of the tension from the film. I mean, we've, we've seen other films use this device, like the um, the film recently... End of um, Term. End of Term, yeah. But at least in that one, you know, the um, the detectives interviewing her were part of the story. It was hearing. so it kept going back to them because because they didn't believe, you know, or, or sort of doubting what she was telling them. This one, you know, we don't get any of that until right at the end when you know when this cop sort of gives her a bit of, uh, you know, uh, what would you say, you know, a bit of positive energy basically at the end to sort of you know give give her a sort of a positive spin on what's happened uh, or, or her current predicament, which, which I quite liked. But it was just so annoying to have it there. It didn't need to be there. You know, it's like, well, she's got a few cuts and bruises. You know, what is it there? So people go, oh, I wonder what's going to happen to her sort of thing. But mm. in that case, we'll watch the film and find out, you know, oh, it annoyed me. But that was the only thing yeah. that, that really sort of um, ground, ground my gears, as uh, Peter Griffin would say. Steve, <laughs> what did you make of this one? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little
3: slow to get going. Hmm. And but well, I thought it sagged a little bit in the middle, but it's it's one of them like you say, she's a little thing. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
3: She's not I, I think what she's supposed to like seventeen, eighteen in the yeah. film.
0: That's
3: so yeah. And you know, she knows nothing that it says like she's learned stuff from watching action films of her dad and then <laughs> oh no, I've been to a shooting range a few times. Next thing she's Rambo.
1: <laughs>
3: <Yeah. you know. laughs> She's Laura Cox or Yeah, it, it, it begs belief a little bit, but it is enjoyable. And it's nice to see, which is probably Ray Otter's last film, I'd have thought now.
0: I think it was, yeah.
3: Because Cocaine Bear's been out, so yeah. I'm presuming this is his last one. But it, I mean, that that's it. he's only, what is it, like two scenes?
2: I think one so. scene, I think. Oh. I think it's one yeah,
3: scene. but he's so creepy. It's such a good, mm. blimey Aston performance from him. And even uh, Eric Dane as well. You know, mm. I've not really seen much of. I, don't, I know he used to be in like, um, raising that We don't used to watch and stuff like that. But yeah, I think he's a great, great little Aston in it as well. So it is it's enjoyable. It's obviously, un, you know, unbelievable, but it, mm. it shot well. And, Shot really well to be fair, I thought. Yeah. But I was more yeah. expecting, you know, kind of like a dead calm thing like that.
0: Exactly. That's, well, what I, that's what I thought I was yeah. kind of expecting to go into, it, but it's like, no, this pirates and all sorts of them in, a, in a in a unoccupied yeah. island and all this going on. It's brilliant.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean the scene where it turns mm. you know, and and people show up. I, that really threw me because I didn't expect that to happen. Mm. Um, oh shit, (laughs) you know, you know, I expect well. No, all in all, yeah, decent film.
0: Yeah, we got um saffron saffron burrows in this as well. Yeah, um, playing the mum. How did you get on with it? Uh,
2: Yeah, I I really enjoyed it actually. The um, I I did think that she's way too good with a gun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, you know, she was just her her aim was was perfect <laughs> you know so and it wasn't just like one shot it was like several times you know there's uh, there's some quite good action in here and it's, yeah it's, it's it's a bit incongruous but it is it is well done yeah. um the uh the setup yeah I was thinking oh is it you know that sort of dead calm uh there was that other one recently uh with uh Cass Van Dien, which I didn't see I think it was called like dangerous water oh, or, or, right, dark, yeah. or dark or dark waters or something but he, um,
0: even Scott Atkins did one didn't he where he was the
2: dead that that was dead reckoning I think <laughs> um which I haven't seen either um but you know films set on the water
0: hmm.
2: you know there there're a whole bunch we've seen you know from the small small scale to the big scale. you know there that was that rubbish one the fifth passenger
0: fifth passenger I mentioned yeah
2: which uh, and then the, which had the sort of monster or something, and then there was um at the other end of the scale we have got like Project Wolf Hunting and stuff like that. yeah yeah uh, uh, Primal yeah. uh, Nicholas Cage film, okay. uh, but uh yeah I so, so I quite like I was quite interested in the dynamic that the the thing about the opening was I was thinking oh I thought that was one of the other characters' voices and I thought oh I know what's gonna happen here because like I, that that's his voice or whatever but it's it ended up not being what I thought it was but um. Yeah, it was quite nice. It was interesting to see Saffron Burrows. I was just, Jesus, Saffron Burrows. Yeah, where's she been? You know, because I, I know she, I think she's been doing uh, quite a lot of TV and stuff yeah. that I just haven't, haven't seen. But I was like, wow, it was like Deep Blue Sea was so long know, ago. ago. <laughs> and uh but yeah, she, so she's pretty cool in it. Um she's playing an American in this one. Um Odea Rush, I hadn't seen before. I know she's you know quite a well-established sort of mm. child star turned, you know, sort of grow, you know, growing up now. Um She's got she really reminded me of Mila Kunis, Mm -hmm. I think probably because she's got like um, I know she's not she's not got the same kind of heritage. She's more um, she's Israeli-American rather than uh, whereas Mila Kunis is Ukrainian, I think. Uh, But she seems to have she's got that same sort of quite uh, interesting look about her. She's got she's quite a strong character. Uh, So I thought she carried. Because she basically has to carry the film, basically, as the the Mm -hmm. heroine. Uh, I thought she did really well with that bit similar. kind of the same way to like um, Joey King did in like the princess and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got a lot of these more experienced people around her um, and she's kind of got to hold her own and sort of be the, be the sort of tough, tough sort of guy, especially in the sort of the final act. Um, She's, she has that, you know, like you say, great scene with uh, Ray Liotta and, and all the, all the stuff with Eric Dane's quite interesting. You can kind of see it's kind of telegraphed, Early, you know, it's like oh, some of the stuff he's saying and whatever—it's just like a bit dubious. Well, that, and then it's too. and then it's yeah, it sort of reveals it. But it's it's a very solid, very solid thriller. I thought, um, really, uh, really entertaining. Yes, the whole—I uh, agree with with you about the whole um, showing the you know uh, immediate res showing the laugh last part or whatever you know um, does sort of um, ruin it a bit. It, it, it doesn't. It wasn't necessary at all. It doesn't. It doesn't add anything. It actually, oh, like you say, it detracts from it. It's an unusual choice. Um, does initi- you know, it's a grip. It grips you in because you go, "Oh, I wonder what's happened to her," yeah. and that's the idea. But then, you know, you, you um, if they'd have gone to maybe a midpoint, and then it, t- and then the story went from there. You yeah. know, but but this literally was like the end. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, yeah. without you know without spoiling, but the. Uh, yeah, so I would say definitely worth a look. Um it's it's a uh, it's safe. Um, John Barr as you say. Uh very good, you know. He's only this is only I think his second feature as a director, but he's got a lot of experience um uh, prior to that, but I think you know that's two, he's two for two now. So um okay. uh, we we're uh, very interested to see what he does next.
0: Yep. So on that note, uh scores on the doors. Uh, Steve, what do you make of this? Uh, 7. 7? Yeah, and Rich
2: yeah, I'm going to give it another very solid seven.
0: It is a very solid seven for me as well. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit too slow at the beginning, and it's got that immediate res thing which annoys me, but it makes up for it in other areas. Um, so this is definitely worth checking out. Uh, three sevens for dangerous waters. Our next review is the price we pay. After a pawn shop robbery goes askew, a trio of criminals and their hostage take refuge at a remote farmhouse to try to let the heat die down, but they find something much more menacing instead. Uh, This is from director Ryuhei um, Kitamura, who we've covered before on this show with Downrange. Uh, Also... um, The doorman. Um, Also... You know, known for Midnight Meat Train and Versus before that. Um, And, and this, for me, is another solid film from him. Um, you, you can kind of tell it's from Kitamura because of the, you know, the unique sort of camera angles and things that he throws in. E- even with the, the opening bit, which, you know, set at the rest stop, um, we're getting all sorts of interesting sort of camera angles, but nothing too... I mean, I've had to go other directors before, but for being like just too stupid with their camera angles, um, like oh, let's let's put the camera on the roulette table and all this sort of stuff. You know, we don't get any sort of silly stuff like that. Um, but it, it, what about it, the it, editing, it,
2: though? What about the editing? Because he's I got some very like particular it, kind of editing it, in here, uh,
0: yeah. yeah I can't, like I, the judgery
2: stuff, you know, where it sort of zooms in and sort of really
0: hmm. um,
2: crack, cra- almost like a crash zoom kind of thing. But it's clearly been done in the edit where they just sort of. Zoom, you know, push in and then put come out and right, sort of I, like.
0: I didn't notice it as much as as, mm-hmm. as the um, you know the, the the shot composition and things like that. You know, yeah. the overhead. He only does it in shots. key
2: moments, doesn't he? He's he's it's quite t- uh, restrained. Typically, it's kind of just sort of kind of more standard kind of cinematography, and it's the mm. it's just the editing just goes a bit wild at certain points to sort of emphasise certain uh, mm. you know. Uh, in, uh, you know to evoke certain you know uh feelings in the yeah. audience at certain key points
0: now uh we've got both uh, Emil hirsch and Stephen Dorff in this um mm-hmm. steven has always been a pretty safe pair of fans as far as i'm concerned um always sort of interesting sort of seeing him and stuff there's a film he did ages ago now called botched i don't know if you've seen that one
2: uh i th- i might have i i've yeah, i've seen him. there's he's done so many <laughs> it's so like hard hard to remember them all i remember the one where he got stuck in the back of a car which was a bit like buried oh yeah um, um but i can't remember what was botched explain it to me
0: botched he, he um it's difficult to explain but he he's he's stuck in a in a old warehouse building which is um being used by these russians and, and, and it's like the very first thing that happens basically is is like um one one of the guys gets his head chopped off <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's it's really good. I can't remember much about it now, but um, I remember really you know liking it at the time um and it is one of those films where it's just lots of running up and down corridors, basically you know so sort of quickly we dress a corridor and sort of reshoot it but um yeah that was that was a good one but yeah um but Emil Hirsch, as we were discussing earlier not-so-safe a pair of hands, basically. Um, you know, the the, the infamous... Well, we're making it infamous, Pursuit, um, featured Emile Hirsch with a, the tattoo of a cockroach on his forehead, for fuck's sake. You know, it's, it doesn't get any better than that, basically. And he's got this sort of really stupid, whiny voice in that film. Here... He seems to be almost channeling Quentin Tarantino in From Dust till Dawn.
2: Yeah, yeah, you
0: that's know, what came to line with me, yeah. For, you know, he's um, a much more sort of quieter, still kind of psychopath. You know, he's definitely a psychopath and he totally enjoys what he does, unfortunately. Um, but he has got this sort of stillness to him, which is really interesting, until you know he's the one that's sort of strapped to the gurney later on, and sort of loses his call cool a bit. But, um, I was, I was actually impressed with um Emil Hirsch in this one, I thought he was um pretty damn good. Um, yeah, and then we get uh Vernon Wells, of course, turning up.
2: Uh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. I, was, I, was like, I, haven't, I don't think Vernon Wells has had a role this good for quite a while. I mean, he's usually he turns up from when I see him and stuff. Mm. Um, he's usually like a, a supporting character, you know. It's like here he's like almost like you know he's he's you know his main bad guy monologue in and stuff.
0: Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I, and he gets I, to be
2: Austra- he's being himself. He's being Australian, Australian. Which, is, which is great as well. So he's not having to um, uh, you, you know you it's 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 Vernon Wells being Vernon Wells, which is fantastic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can run, but you cannot hide. Um, so so this follows the tradition of films like. Funnily enough, from dusk till dawn, um, in that it starts out in one genre and then leaps across to another. You know, so, so it starts off as a heist movie and then sort of morphs into this sort of like not exactly torture porn, but you know, it's it's a horror movie. But um, let's be honest, it's like, the
2: so. Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: That's yeah, what it is? Yeah, there, there are there are definitely elements of that. Um, we, we've got this big hulking, um, sort of disfigured Le- woman. Leatherface. <laughs> basically, Sorry. basically the female version of Leatherface. You know, we, we even get a chase sequence. You know, a foot chase sequence um, at the break of dawn on a on a farm. You know, it, it's it's not too far removed, by you know from from, uh, from that sort of thing. Definitely a homage going on there. Um, but I do I do like that sort of genre shift. You know, there's another one um, which I really like called The Rites of Spring right to spring mm-hmm. yeah right to spring um which is a similar sort of setup to this in that you know there's a heist it goes wrong they've got a hostage they end up on a farm the difference is in that particular film the farmers um looking after this demon in a pit and every spring he's got to feed it sacrifices to keep it you know in the pit basically otherwise mm-hmm. it's going to crawl out and that, and it was one of those really good sort of textbook examples of like, you know, um, good people doing bad things for the right reasons, so which is which is just one of the sort of themes I do sort of like. Um, nothing like that going on here, <laughs> you know. These guys, although you know, Werner Wells does try and sort of spin it that you know he, he goes after these people who are sort of wasting their lives when there's more worthy people who could be benefiting from their organs. And, and things like that. Um that was um you know interesting way to try and justify your mass murdering. But there you go. Um now Steve, I know you didn't see this and cool. I know you're sort of, you know, of a squeamish um, um disposition. Disposition. That's yeah, squeamish. I'm not a gore hound. You're yeah. not a gore hound but and um as I as I mentioned off offline, um you dodged a bullet because <laughs> the final kill is is it's it's it, well it's excruciating for a start but it it goes on forever doesn't it rich it's um you know the 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 injuries... are we are we talking
2: about the um uh the one involving the wire
0: yeah, but even before yeah. that, you got you got uh-huh. you know you got you know, acid and all the rest of it. And, oh, the acid yeah. stuff! Oh God, yeah, yeah there was yeah. All, all that
2: going
1: on. All yeah, that going on. on.
0: She still keeps getting up, and then there's a really sort of po- poignant moment when she gets hit with a tranquilizer dart, and she, you know, it's that look of like like she's been totally betrayed by you know the other guy, and it's it's a real sort of poignant moment. It's like oh, it's, it's actually quite sad that you know that. The, the way she feels it's um yeah very, very well,
2: impressive well I don't know if you've seen Barbarian but there are definite sort of parallels to to that film with uh, with uh, the monster in, in in this one and um which again you know the the whole uh, it, it all goes back to Frankenstein's monster you know the, the sort of you know they didn't they didn't ask to be this way kind of thing mm. um i was a bit confused about who who the you know the tall lady well, I'll just call. I'll just say Leatherface because I don't know what else to call. But who the Leatherface character was and how they came was was that one of the characters, one of the people he was talking because he talks about his daughter yeah. and how she was a victim and stuff. But I don't think because the the boy uh, mm. is um, uh, Danny, yeah. his like grandson uh, and he and he's that's clearly not his mother because he's not reacting to her. Really. So so did you know who she was and how she fitted in?
0: Uh, no, no, but she's yeah. played by Erica Erica Irvin, who's mm-hmm. six foot eight.
2: That's interesting, yeah, yeah, because in B- Barbarian, the I think the, the the woman in Barbarian is actually played by a man, so oh, that's, that's interesting that they've actually got a woman playing the, the female character because she is really tall,
0: yeah, very tall, yeah, very interesting. But I, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed this. I, I think I like uh, downrange a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This one, but um, but it is another solid uh, film from Kitamura. Uh, how are you going to score it? Rich? Uh,
2: I've got I, I I I will score it, and then I'll I'll just say a couple more things. Yeah. Um, I th- I think just because it's so derivative of Texas Chainsaw, I will go seven. But I did think it was very slick. Uh, I really liked uh, Stephen Dorff in it um i think you know sometimes like king of killers he, he maybe wasn't sort of as committed i think here no, he was really good yeah. i mean dorf's been around since a kid you know he's been he was a child actor the gate and everything and uh i think he really takes his you know his work seriously uh on all the you know he works he works in this sort of you know low budget realm sort of qu- quite consistently yeah. and i think he he, he really sort of seems sort to of have thrown himself into this basically what is the uh the George Clooney of the uh, the From Last to dawn yeah. kind of set up yeah. in this particular story I will I just want to flag up um I saw in the credits the name uh, uh, Tana Zagarino came up and I was like it can't, could it be uh, the son of uh 90s action star Frank Zagarino and and it is uh, because Zagarino's got just such a a novel name uh, that I thought there can't could there possibly be another zagarino whatever but I looked it up and yeah turns out he, he is the son of Frank Zagarino, which is, I thought was pretty cool. But then also on the credits, I noticed that the film was dedicated to Tyler Sanders, who's the, who's the, um, who's the young kid, in the, movie, the 18, you know, he's like 17, 18 oh, in the yeah. movie and he, and he died oh of, 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 um, something related, like a drug overdose kind of thing. Right. Um, I don't know whether it was accidental or whether he was on, you know, cause it was, a, they say it was a fennel, uh, fennel overdose or something um so i'm not sure how um what the full circumstances was there was some mention of he wasn't taking drugs for like mental mental health issues or something but yeah i mean that's tragic i mean he, he was good in this you know that yeah. he's playing the uh, the member of the group who is kind of the innocent who's the one they try and sort of convince to sort of turn on his, on those who care for him yeah. and uh you know so it's. I thought he he did quite well with that role, and um, yeah, he, he'd done a bunch of other stuff. I think him him and um, uh, Tan Zagarino had both done like a nine one one Lone Star episodes right. and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, so I thought the cast were really good. Um, I just want to mention uh, the uh, the lead actress who was uh, yeah. uh, Gigi Zumbado. I thought she was really good. I hadn't seen her. She's she's been around. She's done. The, you know, TV work and stuff, but uh, yeah, so amid the sort of very experienced cast members like Emil Hirsch and Stephen Dolphin, and Vernon Wells, uh, I thought these these sort of newcomers uh, held their own quite well. And uh, out you know, I thought it was interesting how we've got this uh, Gigi Zumbado playing this character in here who's not a million miles away from the character from uh, dangerous waters, you know, so sort of slightly different circumstances, but. You know, the, the similar kind of um similar kind of characters. And I thought that was quite an interesting dynamic that, that, yeah. that these two films shared. And uh yeah, and Ryo Kitamura, I thought he did a good job. Sometimes this stuff's a bit um, you know, why did why did they hire him kind of thing? Because yeah. you think, you know, the kind of stuff, you know, Godzilla Final Wars and stuff, he does stuff, you yeah. know, like you said, verses, crazy stuff. Uh, and then he kind of does this more mainstream. But I thought this one was an interesting uh sort of uh middle ground kind of thing but probably probably a bit closer to the midnight meat train sort of thing and uh i just thought i just found it funny that it was a texas chainsaw massacre knockoff with steven dorf who already did leatherface that's right back yeah. in uh, like 10 years ago or something I like so um so yeah which was quite good that was quite good so yeah sorry a whole bunch of of afterthoughts there but uh, yeah i did enjoy it and i would recommend it
0: absolutely so two sevens then for the price we pay I'm glad we finally got it as well because I, I know this came out last year I think in the states and it's taken a while to sort of turn up um, but I'm, okay. glad it, yeah, I'm glad it eventually got here but yeah two sevens for the price we pay go check it out our next review is 8 found dead A holiday rental in the middle of the desert is at the center of a massacre as different points of view at different times of the day unfold the story. So this is um, you know, it's it's basically at its heart a slasher. But it's trying to do something a little bit different with the narrative. So we've got two groups of people who unfortunately both the husbands look identical. Yeah. And, and uh, that made it quite difficult to sort of figure out which, which timeline we're following. But we have got two groups of people um, who set off for this holiday home in the desert. Uh, unfortunately, one of them is a bit sort of waylaid, so they get in there late. Um, and so the first couple sort of turn up around about midday. The second couples turn up late in the evening, and then the cops are called, you know, later in in the at night, basically. Um, and what we find with the two couples is that there's this other mysterious couple in the house already, like going, what, who are you? Why are you in our house? Kind of thing. Um, as if there's been some sort of mix up with the, um, the booking of this place. Uh, but it turns out to be, um, something a bit more nefarious. And I think, you know, from an audience point of view, we know right from the, well, we do know right from the off because we've already seen what's happened to the cleaner. Um, yeah. So yeah, we you know we, we're kind of just waiting for the um, the other shoe to drop. But I, I did like the structure and the way it's sort of built up. Um, how about you, Steve? How did you get on with this one?
3: Um, not as much as others this week. I mean, it, it's a bit it's a bit weird to me. I don't know why, but like it, the older bloke, yeah, he just keeps throwing like. Shakespeare lines out and stuff like that, and it's like mm. an allegory on acting, mm. rather than just like a straightforward slash and, and to me, that didn't work; it didn't gel. It was off-putting. It pulled me out of it, and I, I just don't get what they yeah. were trying to say really with it. it I just, I, I, yeah,
0: I, I, I felt the, um, the the two antagonist characters were not as. Interesting as the filmmakers thought they were. Yeah, yes. I'll come back, I'll come back to that later on. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they you know, they, they get all these monologues and stuff, or especially the the guy. You know, he he gets to do all these sort of monologues about how he hates Jaws and all the rest of it. It's um, yeah, it's it, it's <laughs> a bit, you get getting a bit meta at times, you know.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I don't mind meta stuff when it's done well, but mm. in this, I just didn't think it was, mm. and. I don't know, it just... A lot of the the characters as well were... I didn't think they were actually that likeable, to be yeah. fair, as well. You know? Oh, you
0: didn't say, like especially the, 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 the socialising um, YouTuber or, or Instagram or whatever she was.
3: Yeah, it was like that one like we watched the other week, you know, when it was all online. supposedly.
0: Yeah. Oh, like Chad like, gets the axe, yeah.
3: That was yeah. it, yeah. It kind of reminded me of that a bit as well, but not as relevant or it with itself but it, yeah I don't know it, mm. it just seemed messy it just took mm-hmm.
0: me out of it quite a lot All right. how about work. you how about you Rich how did you get on with eight found dead
2: I liked it a lot and I did think the um, sort of uh, the cross-cutting of the different timelines thing did really make it really interesting uh, I see what you're saying with with some of the confusion of at what point are we at which couple are we at because they were a bit too similar at times um but for the most part i thought it worked really well it reminded me a bit of alone at night which i didn't like as much
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: which was a slightly different concept but also essentially like this kind of going to stay at a place and then you know there's a you know somebody's threatening them and stuff like that yeah. so um there was and uh the police investigating obviously in that one there was like pamela Allison sort of lingering around and, stuff. Mm. and then here yeah. we've got like police officers turning up and you know where, where what points are the time? You know what what's going to happen and when's when? Like you say, when's the other shoe going to drop and all that sort of thing? I thought it went well. I like. I thought the 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 sort of couple were quite interesting. There was another film we watched ages ago, which was also about um which I didn't like at all. Can't remember what it was, but it was the One with, uh, um,
0: oh the guy from Doctor Who, the Sylvester uh, um, McCoy.
2: Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't that was the that was well, the other yeah, which I really liked. um yeah. this one was but yes, that's a good call actually as, as another film that's sort of in the same wheelhouse. that's a really good one. I really did enjoy that um, but there was another one where this couple go i think it was like set in like the 1960s or something, and it was all about like a um i don't know if it was Jack Kay or something like that, but there was a couple, and they go to this house on like the lake, and there's a couple there. And they basically oh, sort of have these weird conversations. And then there's this other this yeah. guy turns up. And do you, do you remember the one I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, was, I do, it like, yeah.
2: It was, it was a bit weird. And uh, I just didn't gel with it. But this one's kind of a bit more engaging. I did like the... I thought the. I mean, I'm not familiar with the actors who played the older couple. Or, you know, the, the whole me, cast is unknown reminded me a bit
0: of Lynn Shea.
2: It, me yeah. too exactly uh, I was like, so, so she reminded me of Lin Shea and he really reminded me of like uh, not necessarily Martin Sheen more like Joe Estevez hmm. so his brother so uh, they've got like a Joe Estevez Lin Shea kind sort of vibe which I thought was which I really did like and I thought he he was quite um uh, yeah he was really interesting uh, it's not he didn't didn't entirely look like a, a, a character um, uh, Hugh you know, you weren't quite sure where you stood with him, basically. Mm. But you know, we sort of do end up in a kind of uh, uh, I don't know how much to say. Um, you know, we've we've seen we've seen couples uh, who who have been sort of more troublemaker kind of characters in the past, and the, sort of these are like an older version of those characters, I would say. So I'll leave it at that. But they're they're, they're really sort of messing with the with with these couples all the time and stuff, and yeah, getting up, getting up to some stuff. And I thought I thought, it, I thought it was really interesting, uh, say. Doing something we've seen a million times before, but in a slightly different way, and I did think it worked quite well.
0: I, I did, I did like bits of it, um, as, uh, like you. Yeah, I, did, I did like the sort of you know the different um, time settings and things. I thought that worked well. I thought the final the, uh, these what, one of the final kills, which we find out happens when the cops turn up, annoyed mm-hmm. me. Why well, it annoyed me because. I thought it was going to go a different way in, in which case it really annoyed me but even so it, it just seemed a bit oh how ironic you know that mm-hmm. that's, that's it's a, oh the irony is just dripping off the screen but there you go the the other thing which really annoyed me was the um the post credit scene which promised mm-hmm. a prequel to go back to where where it all began and I was like what the fuck are you talking about yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know and, and but I think
2: if you do that, if you go back and do a prequel, mm. you are then making the film that I was alluding to earlier, which we've seen a million times before, which mm. was you know that kind of um, crazy couple kind of thing. And uh, this, yeah. that, what, that was what made this one interesting, was that you didn't know, yeah. you know, you didn't expect it from this particular couple uh, until I, until I you realised what's actually going on. Yeah,
0: I, I don't think this film Jimmy. is going to really do enough to warrant a prequel. No. To me, it kind I'd be of interested to see what of, the
2: director like, does, though. Think, oh. yeah. Sorry, you Steve, know,
3: go on. To me, it, it kind of, when that, that came up, I was just thinking of like X and Pearl, mm. you know, the Tide West films. And mm. I'm just like, mm, you ain't getting near that, you know? No. It, I, mean, I've, I
0: haven't seen Pearl yet. I'm interested to see the next one. I'm not that bothered with Pearl.
3: I'm not seen Pearl yet, to be honest. But yeah, I, I do want it. I'll, I'll probably watch them all when they all.
1: Yeah, you
2: know, it's funny I, you say that seen, because Pearl's uh, just come on Sky, and I was gonna, yeah. I wanted to watch it and I wanted to watch X as well, but which used to be on Prime, but that's gone now, so I actually can't see oh. X. <laughs> so, so, so I'm sort of in a do I watch Pearl without having seen X kind of uh, kind of thing. I, at the moment. Honestly, I'd
3: say no. I'd try yeah. and get X first. Okay, yeah.
0: cool. All right, then. So that is eight, eight found dead. How are we gonna score it, Steve? I'll give it a six i mm-hmm. will join you
2: on a six, and Rich. I'm gonna give it.
0: I'm gonna give it a seven.
2: I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a it was a UK premiere at Grimfest recently, by the way. It's, a, uh, it's and it's. Uh, I'm not. I, I, I can imagine that it probably went down really well uh, there. Uh, I'm not sure why it didn't. Maybe why it didn't go to Fright Fest, but it's. So I think uh, Fright Fest, Grimfest, any of that kind of horror movie festival crowd, I think would enjoy this. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, thumbs up from me, uh, yeah.
0: seven. Yeah, yeah, Groom Cross is the Man- Manchester F- uh, Film Festival. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so that is a two sixes and a seven for Eight Found Dead. Go check it out. Our next review is The Devil Went Down to Islington set over the Halloween weekend, this follows an underachieving music teacher and his dodgy colleague who unwittingly sell their souls to the devil for three days' good fortune. Um, okay, Steve, this is yeah. a British inverted commas comedy. Close inverted mm. commas. Um, it's not my cup of tea. It really isn't. Um. this This style of humour... You know, it's it's well, it's it's the sort of hapless everyman kind of thing. It's like, oh, you know, how much worse can his life get? You know, in in one day, sort of thing it's, And it's just like, no, I, I just don't want to see. it I don't want to see this sort of Schadenfreude. You know, it's it's just um, yeah. Didn't did not get on with this one at all. How about yourself?
3: No, I didn't. To be honest, um, I suppose it's supposed to be. Class as like a horror comedy, but mm. it wasn't funny, it wasn't scary, it was just it was a bit of a mess to be fair. I mean, mm. at the opening scene, and yeah. you've got some guy running down the road with these two like baby Low faces, and yeah. Things. Yeah. yeah, which one are never explained. They turn up doing things halfway through, but they never really explain. You you presume that the like minions of the devil, but
1: yeah, yeah.
3: you're not specifically told that. And there's like a a scuffle, a fist fight, or something like that
0: mm. with it, with a priest who's like, you know, got, yeah, got these weapons, you know, made out of crucifixes and. Yeah, like that, which but, is in, I thought that was interesting. But as you said, yeah. you know, it, nothing really comes of it, does it?
3: You can't. Oh. Well, not like, you can't see anything that's going on. Yeah. It's so badly I was shot editing. Yeah, it, I, I was willing
0: to pass. Yeah, you know, I was willing to sort of give that a pass. I thought, okay, obviously they they don't have a fight choreographer yeah. or anything like that. You know, it's, so you use editing to hide it, um, and and you just sort of rely on the imagery that they sort of put together. I guess, but even so, yeah, it was terrible.
3: It was terrible, and and another thing as well. I mean, normally I love Michael Smiley; I think mm. he's great. You know, like from Space and even Kill List and stuff like. That.
1: Mm. In
3: this, I just thought it was terrible. Mm. Now, again, whether it's the scripts or what, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, it must be that it was the scripts because the script was awful. Um, it makes no sense. It's like I don't know for the first hour. It, it seems to be dragging its feet, and then all of a sudden they realise what's going on, and they've got yeah. like twenty minutes to sort out how yeah. they're going to. And it's just putting too much in the last act. Should I should I say really? Mm. And we've seen this type of thing before, but don't know what better. I mean, the, well, you
0: yeah, know, obviously the the, 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 the one that jumps be... to mind is is bedazzled. You know. Well,
3: yeah, I'm there. Sorry, all right. you, you, you all broke yeah. up I'm Sorry.
0: Alright. Yeah, no, as I was saying, you know, the um the film that obviously comes to mind is Bedazzled. Yeah, both mm-hmm. both versions. You know, the one with the uh, Brendan Fraser and um
1: Beer yeah, Cook oh, and Douglas.
0: And, and that version, yeah.
1: Uh, just, uh, yeah, um, but yeah. it's
0: just I don't know,
3: just everything was just kind of a let down to it, really. I promise script. Yeah. Even, even James Lance I love James Lance, especially in like, Ted Lasso and stuff. And in this, I don't know, he just like overacts. But I mean, look at it, the, the cast is actually quite decent. Yeah. You know, Michael Sly- Harris, is it? isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. For a minute. Tessa Pete Jones. <laughs> Mark Benton, I love Mark Benton normally. Mm. But in this, he's just doing. You know, it's just like something he's done a million times, but. Not as good. It's just yeah. such such of a letdown. It really was. It
0: was it was cringe basically mm. watching it. So on on that note, how are you going to score it? I'll give it a five. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, you know, I, I hope I hope it does find an audience. I hope people do like it, um, but it, it really wasn't my kind of um, my my kind of humour. Um, mm. You know, as you say, it's got a pretty decent cast. A lot, a lot of familiar faces. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Ancona's in there as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody I like, uh, Sophie Kalkun You know, but it just doesn't really doesn't work for me. It's just like, yeah, no. It's it's it's, it's trying to you know trying to make fun out of a guy having a miserable life, and it, for me, it just doesn't work. There you go so there you have it two fives for the devil king or what was it called the devil went
3: I went went down to islington
0: so there you have it two fives for the devil went down to islington go check it out our short shot this week is dead enders A convenience store is the last vestige of Tanglewood, a ghost town destroyed by a fracking company but something has awakened down below to finish off the remaining locals. Uh, I was lucky to see this last week um, at Mayhem, the the Nottingham Horror Festival uh, as part of their shorts program. It was one of the highlights. Um, I I really like this. It's it's got a very sort of lurid sort of colour scheme going for it. It, It's... um, you know, sort of down and dingy in, in this sort of crappy town, which has been ruined by this fracking company, um, and, and now these sort of creatures are coming out. And this, you know, it centers on this this convenience store, this sort of Quickie Mart kind of place, um, and, and the people working there, and, and these these two cops hanging out. Um, lots of good sort of visual gags in this one. I don't know if you noticed, but the cop was reading a magazine called "Good Guy with a Gun." <laughs> yeah, so. which I thought was really cool. Um other little odds and ends. Um yeah, some some good bits of dialogue. Um yeah, I, I, I really like this. How about you, Steve?
3: Yeah, to be fair, I really enjoyed this. It was
0: it's sort of different
3: it starts off, you know, with the the bug underground and then the the frackers mm. or the drillers, whatever. And switches to you know, the petrol station, convenience store bit, whatever. And the bit that really got me is when she turns around to him and says, you just stood here in front of two cops rolling a joint. He mm. said, yeah, but well, he, he sold it to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <yeah.
2: laughs>
3: that, that had me on the deck. Like, I was, that was hilarious. But
2: When the cop is I on the way out the... and he goes, "Nark."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That got a good laugh. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, when the bug...
3: Bugs, whatever, and it attaches to them.
1: Mm.
3: And it's kind of like um, a hive mind in a way. But yeah. you're kind of like, you know, doing what you were doing and you don't know what's happening. And I just thought that was quite a decent twist, to be fair. Mm. And like you say, it's very lurid, a lot, you know, the green, um, like neon like yeah. Green, you know, kind of reminded me of a Sack the Block a bit. And the monsters and that. All That's in all, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. To be fair, um, I don't know—is it, it's has used as like a proof of concept, Are we going to expand it, or not?
0: No idea. I mean, I, I think it's sort of, yeah, it—it, it, I think it's pretty cool as it is. It did remind yeah. me. Of, it actually, it did remind me of another film called Slaughterhouse High. Is it Slaughterhouse High? The uh one no, with it's Simon? The recent one. Quite recent, yeah. It was Simon Pegg. Yeah. Set yeah. set in this. Um, Public school, yeah. Which you know, there's people fracking nearby, and they release these hellhounds. Uh, that, that, it's sort of similar sort of idea, but um, done quite differently. Um, yeah. the, the bit I liked as well was when she, you know, when, when she's got the thing on her face, and she's like in in this sort of dreamscape, sort of thing, and she suddenly realises that she's holding a cigarette. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, this is quite, <laughs> it's quite good. Uh, Rich, yeah. how did you get on with this one?
2: yeah i liked it a lot uh, very very clerks uh, yes so, yeah, um, the, likely, um, yeah. The, 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 that's i think that's a clear influence there's a lot of there's a lot i think there's a lot of influences on display uh, you know in in a lot of it the um but that is probably the most prevalent the i love the fact that the the bugs are um are practical mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's a lot of fun mm-hmm. with them you know it reminded me of, of stuff like ticks mm-hmm. from the 90s which is a favorite um the the whole thing about the attaching and uh, sort of getting into your head kind of stuff uh, reminded me of, a, I don't want to mention the film because it would spoil the film uh, the thing, but there was a film we watched recently, uh, which basically had the same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm mean, sure other people have done it as well, but there's a, that kind of um, taking your Vic, taking the victims and then making them not realize they're victims by sort of putting them in this kind of, um, dream state kind of thing um yeah it's, uh, what is it was about 15 minutes long i thought it was really good set up the characters really nicely there was also the happy mart uh, short film that we watched recently which was more of an action oh, yeah. thing but that was also kind of that convenience store of banter kind of stuff going on which and sort of a uh, crazy sense of humor which i liked um but yeah so this one's got uh the it uses like news broadcasts and stuff to sort of show the wider, you know, sort of set the scene of what's happening in the wider world while we're actually, you know, fairly oblivious to what's actually happening. Splinter also came to mind because that's another one yeah. set in a gas station, um, yeah. The which also sort of played with some similar ideas of, you know, very, very loosely sort of indicating. I think something's happening nearby that's probably set something loose uh or they're you know something like it was a bit more vague than this one. It's a bit more obvious uh, a bit more you know transparent about what it's up to. But um yeah and then it's got some there's some, a couple of nasty surprises in there and stuff. But I think there's some I think the characterization and the script is is really good. I say it's shot really well. Um yeah, really cool. enjoy this lot. Definitely gonna keep out an eye out for the directors um Fidel, Ruiz Healy and Tyler Walker. Uh they've they've done some other stuff and that, that I'm sure they'll go on to do uh, some really, really uh, interesting stuff, uh, you know. After this, uh, I think this was really good, um, Mike. If I can just uh, ask you, what, what what other stuff did you see at Mayhem that uh,
0: that we should be looking out for? Yeah, there's there's a really good one called Flaggy Bag, which which I really liked, uh, which mm-hmm. is about this this woman who hooks up with a friend you know from school she hadn't seen her for ages and gets invited to this dinner party um and her friends sort of got these sort of very sort of posh hipster kind of things um you know her, her sort of new circle of friends and of course she turns up with this plastic bag and a bottle of with a bottle of brown lambrini and everyone's like oh my god she's got a plastic bag kind of thing you know but then the plastic bag itself goes on a rampage and starts killing everyone
2: <laughs> oh, it's a killer plastic bag. Yeah, a killer plastic bag. That's brilliant.
0: <laughs> um, um, yeah, Forgotten Lake is is mm-hmm. another one. Um, now we've seen a lot of really good um, '80s set summer camp slasher movies. Yeah, um, th- this one is is done like a trailer for a '80s summer camp slasher movie, and, mm-hmm. and it's it kind of centres around. A brand of beer at the same time, it's it's really really interesting. A blueberry beer or something. It is it's, it's great. Um, you, you know, it goes into the the mythos behind this guy who was um, just trying to pick blueberries and got killed, and you know he's come back from the dead and all this. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, apparently also, it's a fun.
2: real beer. I think they've so. Yeah, so from what probably. I can see. The... Says they. Uh, I just found an article saying a local filmmakers team up with a brewing company for a new short film. So it's. Uh, so I guess it's kind of like almost like a promotional sort of yeah, film, film of. product placement kind of thing that they've done. Like so it says, uh, made in yeah. the spirit of Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it works really yeah. well. Really good. Um,
2: definitely keep an eye for that one.
0: Sandra gets a new fringe is is a pretty decent one um, about this woman who's kind of ignored in the office, you know, like, um, everyone sort of takes it for granted and all the rest of it, um, and she ends up going on a rampage and killing everyone. That was quite good. And the other one is Bleep, which is very interesting about this woman, you know, couple lying in bed, woman wakes up because you can hear a beeping noise downstairs, and. Hmm she goes down to investigate and eventually her husband comes down with her um to sort of you know they end up having this big argument because he he, she's listing all the things he hasn't done in the house sort of thing you know there's big argument and he's slamming the doors the cupboard doors and everything and the drawers and then it turns out they're actually both dead and the the beeping noise is coming from the ghost investigator you know the paranormal investigator's machine so picking up their activity it's it's pretty funny, it's a good one. I think I'm pretty sure it's Toby Jones in that one as well, playing the um, uh, the, the investigator. Yeah. So, uh, so Toby that, Williams plays. Toby the Williams, one, that was it. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But yeah, it's a
2: British British film that one. I can see. Yes,
0: it is. Yeah. So those are those are the sort of standers, and a very very quick one called Toast, mm-hmm. um, which is literally it's a bit a bit like what was that film? Uh, it was, Burnt. It was a car- no, no, there's was a, a cartoon uh, sausage oh. sausage fest, was it?
2: Sausage party,
0: sausage party. It's a bit like that where you got these. He got this loaf of bread, and the, each each slice of bread is sentient. You know, <laughs> and they're getting picked out and, and put in the toast. In <laughs> and he, you know, one of them comes out of the toast, and the other one's burnt, and he's like, "Ah, oh my god, I'm burnt!" It's, it's brilliant. It's very quick, very very simple, but um, very effective. Yeah. So those, for me, were the standouts, anyway. Our DTV throwback this week is Full Eclipse. After a hostage siege goes wrong, Detective Max Dyer is surprised to see his partner, whose near-death was totally his fault, be up and walking around. Not only that, but leaping over cars to get at the bad guys. It's not long before Max is introduced to Adam Garou, who has developed a serum to make his police task force almost invincible. But at what cost? This is, um, well, I remember when it came out, 1992, 93. Um, It was a lot of fun. Directed by Anthony Hickox, who unfortunately passed away recently. Um, It has got a very 90s cast because not only do we get um, Mario Van Peebles, of course, we've got Patsy Kensit, and, um, oh, got Bruce Payne. <laughs> Bruce Payne from um, Passenger 57, of course. Uh, very sort of smarmy performance from him. I was Just before I watched it, I'm thinking, was this the one with Bruce Payne or was it with that, um, Julian Sands? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it could, could go either way. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is one, Bruce Payne. Anyway, very enjoyable film. Um, I will talk about a bit more about it in a sec, but over to Steve. Um, had you seen this one before?
3: Yeah, I remember watching this when it came out. uh you was know, like years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, and I couldn't really remember much about it. To be fair, it's been that long, but I remember the kind of simple, you know, the gist of it. Hmm. And to be fair, it, yeah, it's it's cheesy nineties. Horror action film, and it's exactly what it says. And so, I mean, I've forgotten how he started with his partner, basically. Mm. Um, you know, where the both died, didn't it through the, you know, events yeah. and stuff.
0: The thing is, <laughs> and, yeah, he, yeah, he right. should have known, shouldn't he? He, he should have known as yeah. soon as because you know the film opens with one of those sort of scenes where whole relationship has to be sort of truncated into like two minutes it's like we've got to make this guy as sympathetic as possible because he's going to be dead in yeah. two minutes time
2: right? so. <laughs> well, that's so, right. they did yeah. the thing where it's like oh he's really happy he's engaged and i was like right I'm
0: engaged. I'm going to leave <laughs> he might as well balls. be wearing a red shirt
2: you know uh, yeah
0: you know how long we've been partners now you know be, oh 12 years yeah i'm packing it in i'm, I'm in love yeah i'm, I'm gonna get married.
1: married i'm going uh,
0: yeah. See, as soon as Mario Van Peebles' character heard all that, and they sort of turn up, he should be saying, "Not you, mate. You stay here. You've got a, you got yeah. marriage to get to and everything. You just you sit this one out because what what's going to happen in a minute? I'm going to do it all by myself anyway. <laughs> so you might as well just <laughs> sit here and, and you know watch the fireworks or whatever." Now the interesting thing is um, the guy playing his partner i just find his name again. Um, yeah, Tony De- De- Denison.
2: Dennison,
0: yeah. Um, now, it was interesting because, I, you know, before putting the film on, I'm thinking, well, this is, you know, back in ni- early 90s. I wonder if there's any actors that I now know who I wouldn't have noticed at the time, you know? And, and lo and behold... Yeah. As the film started, you know, I didn't recognise any names in the credits that didn't jump out. But lo and behold, we get Tony Denison. Um, Any any fans of the Closer and Major Crimes, or the TV shows, uh, would would spot him straight away uh, as um, Detective Flynn from 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 those shows, you know, Um, on the TV. But um, so so that that was really
1: interesting. uh,
3: Dean Norris is there as well, which I was real surprised that. He was completely over the top, oh, and I'm God, sure
1: yeah,
3: that, and yeah. I'm sure that wasn't his voice as well, hmm. <laughs> because he's so high pitched, he was, so was untrue.
0: See, you know, I, 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 I never watched um, Breaking Bad, so I don't remember him from that. But I'm pretty I'm sure he, he was in, um, or oh, what was the film, The Negotiator with Samuel um, uh samuel um, Jackson, Kevin, Spacey well. Kevin Spacey, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in that.
2: He was in, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, hang on. Yeah. No, he well, was he? Yeah, he was.
0: was, was yeah, oh, just, I mean, he was, just briefly. He was in
2: a. He was in a negotiator that was with John Hamm. So, whether he was in the other one, let me just have a look. Uh, yes, he was. Yes, he was in both negotiator films. <laughs> Yeah. Completely unrelated films, but yes, he was in both. Uh, Starship Troopers, obviously. Uh, even,
0: oh sort of of he was the recruitment officer. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he wasn't the recruitment officer. he was the um the commandant, wasn't he, at the um, training base?
1: Um. Yeah,
3: definitely in that bit.
0: Anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so, so you know, Mario Van Peebles' character. You know, oh god. He should have known better right at the beginning, but we do yeah. get this great scene afterwards with um, Tony Denison's character um, being rejuvenated and chasing after bad guys, sort of jumping up, jumping oh, over cars God. and stuff. I, I thought that was great. It's very it. PM
2: Entertainment, that bit.
0: It is, yeah. and I mean, these guys—how are they still on the force? Because you know the amount of innocent bystanders who get wasted. In oh, yeah. both of those sequences is ridiculous. Um yeah, <laughs> very amusing. Other, other things I liked in this, um, it has the worst psychotherapist on record. I think um,
1: <laughs> you know, he
0: goes he goes to this sort of couples therapy session with his with his wife, and you know this therapist asks him like, "Well, okay, well, what's bothering you?" Sort of thinking, "Well, I don't know, maybe you know, trying to be sarcastic, so maybe it's sort of seeing my partner dying in front of me or something." And this therapist turns around and so goes, Look, we all lose people, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just like we all lose people. Don't worry about it. Just stop making having a busy yeah. fit. But um yeah, it's it's um there's a lot going on, but it's uh, it's a good fun. Um yeah, Patsy Kensett, um she she was sort of riding quite high around about this sort of time uh appearing in films like time bomb as well. Um um what was the other one she did? A- was it Angels and Insects? Is this
3: around Yeah that is one yeah. Is this around the time of Leave um,
0: Lethal Weapon 2 as well? Yeah
2: uh, about four years yeah, after the Weapon Two.
0: but yeah quite enjoyed having that. Um there is a very dodgy bit where after um she and Mario Van Peebles have sex. And then Bruce Payne comes in and then then basically forces the sex again kind kind of thing sort of assert his dominance of, of the pack and all that um but yeah there's 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 definitely a lot to like in this one um so rich, over to you uh
2: yeah, so the i I can't remember whether I saw this at the time, but uh, I was essentially going in fairly cold uh and I thought it was quite um uh I I was picking up lots of little references, like to to so they they are they're basically werewolf cops, Mm. um, but they don't really say werewolf much. But they they sort of sprout these claws, and I was thinking, this is X Men before X Men. This this is an X Men. This is a Wolverine influence.
0: They put on those costumes, don't they? You know, with the helmets and everything. Well, they yeah exactly,
2: and they even um, they even name check the X Men there's There's a, there's a bit right. early in the scene where I think they mentioned X-Men. and if you think about it um bruce payne's character is magneto mm. so he assembles this sort of uh team of well he makes them into superheroes, but he's essentially uh, a supervillain team who are sort of masquerading as a, a, you know sort of saying they're doing they're being the heroes when actually you know it's, he, it's much more um say nefarious it's what, what he's up to but the um but yeah, the claws. I mean, there's 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 Marvel comics like all over this um in, in terms of an influence. And the other big influence, um, which was uh, which is John Woo. Uh hard target was oh, out the, the same um, year, and there's so much two I mean, gun stuff going That bit with the bit where he's going through the um the air duct. Yeah. He's literally crawling through the air duct trying to hold the two guns, which just looks ridiculous. Um, but uh, then there's a lot of diving, a lot of diving going on with the two guns. I mean, it, you know, it's so apparent you know this was yeah. peak peak john woo influence was, kind of period yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah that's so, so i thought that was actually that stuff was executed pretty well uh i say army of one was doing the same thing Vic Armstrong was doing that around the same time and um the other thing so we got uh apart from the cast members you mentioned uh, uh paula marshall is in the team uh, she was in uh, hickox's uh warlock sequel mm-hmm. uh I think around the same time probably or possibly just be- I think just before this uh I really like her Jennifer Rubin has a very very small role as like um uh, a widow I think uh one of the characters widow she turns up but uh, she was I would like to have seen her in it more but she'd say so, so it was a sort of a blink and you miss it kind of thing um the, a lot of the say apart from the sort of superhero cop standard cop vigilante cop group kind of things that mm-hmm. you know you could more recent relatives of this movie could be things like street kings or den of thieves um mm-hmm. or sabotage maybe with the with offshore Arn- Arn- but um i thought there was a very there was a very strong sort of lost boys actually mm-hmm. influence on it with um, maria oh, van peebles essentially being the jason patrick character yeah, yeah. you know how he meets you know jason patrick meets star and she's the one who's kind of seducing him into joining the pack joining the pack with them um, you know keith sutherland's obviously the the leader of the the group and uh clearly a you know bad guy and stuff but he's sort of seduced into into the sort of group and uh that's kind of the same thing with bruce payne being that uh sort of keith sutherland kind of character um so yeah i thought it, it was it does play with all these kind of conventions and to to try and make something that's actually a bit different for the time. Um, and I don't think even now there's films, I mean, this is kind of a probably kind of a precursor to things like blade and, um, uh, the underworld films and all that sort of stuff. But I thought there's something really novel about this coming at this time because I can't think of any other films really that were, that were doing this. Um, What's interesting is it's uh, it's an HBO film, yeah, uh, which which is kind of like the they were kind of like the Netflix movies, you know, Netflix originals of their day, you know, they were films that were made to quite a high standard, but, but were possibly films that might not have got into theaters or what it all were made to emulate theatrical quality films for the home home market, uh, you know, didn't have commercial breaks and all that sort of thing. So it was the the, the HBO films usually sort of tried to do stuff like you know reasonable budgets, but they would sort of push the boat out a bit and I think uh, this one sort of stands out i mean a lot of the hBO films were um, dramas westerns you know biopics that sort of thing, and uh, this one's sort of very very genre which uh, which yeah. I appreciate and uh, yeah I think it really i think it really does stand up really entertaining film uh well worth checking out it's not um got much of a, a I think it's on i think might in America it might be on like two b or something but over here it's not really got much of an availability apart from uh on youtube um but yeah i i i think it's a i think it's a great little film and the weird thing is you know we talked about doing this uh i think Steve you brought it up like three weeks ago four weeks ago yeah. about wanting to do this one and then like found a cop we found a copy of it to watch, and I'd literally just watched it. When the news uh, came out of of Hickok's passing away, which yeah. I thought was bizarre, this book. And so a lot of the, this film is actually since then. I mean, it's taken us a couple of weeks to actually get around to um, to covering it. But uh, a lot of people are actually talking about this film at the moment, uh, as as well as the rest of a lot of the other films that that Hickok's made, and and you know, films that you know, met, a lot of his films did mean a lot uh, to to people like ourselves who grew up at that time.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. Well, I, I just want to sort of mention a few of, of his mm. films. I mean, um, he, he started off with Waxwork, which I thought was superb at the time. I still, I still like it a lot. Um, I also remember the, the werewolf sequence and that one with uh, John, John Reese Davis. I thought that was um, very good. <clears throat> uh, sundown the Vampire in Retreat. About vampires mm-hmm. living in a um, a Wild West town. I think that one's got Bruce Campbell in it as well yeah I'm pretty sure that's got Bruce Campbell playing the you know the offspring of um Van Helsing. Or, you know um, sort yeah, of yeah 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 anyway um yeah that was good um waxwork two uh, improved on the first one I thought um a bit more sort of jokey um that that was really interesting again Bruce Campbell turning up in that one as well um for a little bit with his guts hanging out that was quite funny. Hellraiser
2: 3 which i think I, is out on blu ray yeah it's uh, part of the uh, you know.
0: part of the set isn't it i think
2: part of the part of the set of the first four films yeah i love hellraiser 3 i mean that was a big I, step I forward like yeah. for Hickocks. big much seemed to have a much bigger budget very playful mm. uh, probably i mean it's the most main one of the most main probably is the most mainstream horror mm. of the series but i really like its scale and I think terry farrell in the lead and and you know all those mm. great Set pieces and that that you put together. I love Hellraiser three. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so if, then we had Warlock: The Armageddon. Um, I, I really loved. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I really loved the first Warlock film, and, and it took me ages. In, in fact, I think it was a um, one of our throwbacks. It was the first time I got to see um, the sequel, uh, mm-hmm. so, so, so that was. Really, really good. Then the weird saw... thing is, you
2: just to sort of step back a bit. To, to uh, mm. earlier, you were saying about, oh, is this the one with Julian Sands, or is this the one with mm. Bruce Payne? They kind of got mm. mistaken for each other, and I think that was what led to um, Warlock Three. All
1: right,
2: Bruce Payne was there Bruce and recast in, in that in that role, so that, that we confused things even more. So yeah, so they they both sort of uh, were in the same kind of wheelhouse. Unfortunately, I don't think Warlock Three was. Well, Warlock Three was rubbish, basically, but um, mm. but yeah, Warlock Two, Julian's peak, Julian Sands, um, great set piece, sort of uh, death scenes and stuff in that one. Uh, yeah, really, I'm really glad we got to cover that um as the throwback uh, a while ago.
0: And he he even I mean, if if this is correct, Rich, um, he even mm. dipped his toe into Steven Segal territory with Submerged.
2: Yeah, quite um, infamously, I think. I think it was yeah. one of his worst experiences, and he basically. Quit directing for several years because of it. So um, he he was uh, he, he made that in like 2005. Didn't make another film for like four years, and then I think he made the next one was several years. He made, basically only made like a handful of films after yeah. that <clears throat> experience. Um, I think he tried to go a bit more independent. Uh, didn't want to uh, sort of mess with the you know the producers and stuff. The, the sort of difficult personalities that he was like Segal that he was you know troubled with. Um, but we did cover one of his last films, actually, uh, which was um, it was originally called Exodus to Shanghai.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: We covered it as Escape, I think it was Escape from the Third Reich. It was released that, but that's quite a crazy film uh, mm-hmm. itself. But it was quite um, lots of lots of interest, you know, um, not quite mainstream, but it's sort of going into sort of wild kind of areas, and that was quite a curious one. I can't say mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good film or anything, but I do think it was. An interesting one, uh, and it, it was certainly interesting to talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, he was—I mean, he was great. He made hes hes, um, he's done so many, uh, so, many, so he felt some, uh, a lot of say classics that we've mentioned, and then he kind of ended up in sort of DTV action, working with say Dolph Lunger and. Uh, you know, uh, what's his, uh, Amanda Sante and stuff like that. Uh, he did a film with Eddie Griffin and Vinnie Jones called Blast mm-hmm. which was a bit like a, a comedy sort of diehardy kind of thing and uh, yeah, so he's he very much sort of an interesting journey he had, very I say really sad, to, I mean, he hadn't made a film um, for a while uh, I think I essentially, I think he was retired, but mm. uh, yeah, so I, I still don't know really the circumstances of what what, what happened or how, how he passed away. But yeah, really, really sad and just very, very eerie to, to come across that in the news uh, just as we were preparing to cover for this
0: film. Indeed. <clears throat> okay, so we don't score the, uh, the throwbacks, but we do recommend you check them out. We found um, a pretty decent copy for this film um, on YouTube and we shall put a link to that in the footnotes. So go check it out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Rich and Steve for chatting about these quite decent films this week. do Not have any real complaints apart from the Devil Went Down to Islington.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that wasn't uh, wasn't 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 great. I, I I don't feel bad for
1: not watching it.
0: No. <laughs> it's just uh, it's, it's one of those ones where when I'm watching, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I know when I'm watching. I'm thinking this just isn't my sense of humour. You know, this may. Mm. Fit somebody, yeah. but it's it's just not me. It's kind of like bad bad education or something like that, you know. It's like just that sort of like humour out of misery oh. kind of thing. And I just don't get it. But there you go. Oh. But other than that, the other films I might great. love it. I might watch it's it. and Love it. Who knows? Exactly. You know, it's like, so. But there you go. That's why we don't we don't totally trash these things. Um, but other than that, um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also, the Short Shots where we put a new link to a short every evening around about eight o'clock. Other than that, thank you for listening. Tune in next time.
2: Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.